Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to a new episode of the Seahawks Mess Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, back from uh, Los Angeles, California. And joining me, as always, the Donald Duck to my Mickey Mouse is Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? I'm all great! Oh my god, each... Why did you try to do it like that? Uh, You're the one who made me the person with a speech impediment. Yeah, we were sitting like, sitting like. Kevin didn't have time to prepare for something like. Okay, being very insensitive right now. Anyway, our very own Pluto. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how you doing? You know, what's up, my dog? My favorite thing about Pluto is the Christmas episodes where uh, Mickey, like, you know, tries to strangle him and beat him for knocking over the Christmas tree. Good times, Mickey. And then feels bad about it, and that's what's important. Hey, no, no, I haven't seen that episode yet, Kevin. <laughs> right. He got upset and turned it off three yeah. minutes into the five-minute Chip and Dale just interrupts it. Actual uh, interesting Seahawks happenings this week. Uh, first, uh, Corbin Smith uh, on Twitter. If you guys have not seen it, I'm in retweeting some of his stuff, but he made some video breakdowns. Uh, Rasheem Green, uh, he did He did one on, uh, on Akeem King. And they've been really, really good. And if so, if you're looking for like uh, nice video breakdowns, uh, Corbin Smith, Seahawks Maven did a really good job with those. They're fun and, to watch. And unlike when I do them, that player doesn't have an ATV accident and is unable to play the rest of their career. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, everyone will remember what could have been, Kevin. Um, EA put out the Madden ratings, and uh, it. What I think is really funny about this is not that. Well, okay. One, everyone was really butthurt that Bobby Wagner got a 99. There only four guys got a 99. Eric. Can you name them? Do you think you got guesses? Uh, I believe it was... Oh, you know? Uh, no, no, no. I, I just know because I played Madden before and I hate it. Uh, we're going Bobby Wagner. Yep, Bobby Wagner got one. Are we going... Uh, can't be Tom Brady. Nope. No quarterbacks. Ezekiel Elliott? Nope. Oh, jeez. No, made... how about this? Only one offensive player and it's a wide receiver. That makes more sense. Antonio Brown? Nope. Dear Lord. Nuck Hopkins. Uh, the... Oh. Really? Uh, which I agree with, by the way. Dude was uh, lights out last year. Uh, he's he's so good, and he 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 elevates the play of uh, Aaron Donalds. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donalds. That's fair. And so Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner, Nuck Hopkins, and gotta be a DB, right? No, is it? It's a Michael pass, Dixon. A pass rusher. No pass rusher. Yep, Khalil Mack. Well, oh yeah, sense. Um, Khalil Mack was lights out at the beginning of last year. Uh, but then, I find all of those easy to feel, side with. Those are all acceptable to me, and then. But people, of course, get super mad. Uh, the best is like people getting mad that Wagner's rated higher than Luke Keekley, and then using that GIF where Luke Keekley goes, "Hey," uh, where the in the bottom of the screen you could see Seahawks thirty, Carolina seven. Yes, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he wasn't playing in that game, and uh, they were losing by twenty three. So maybe like don't don't use that as your GIF of choice to to respond to this news. That was kind of my favorite. Uh, I also like how people were really upset. Um, Everyone's upset with the rating. Keenan Allen was like so mad about his rating. Uh, people are upset that Russell Wilson's rating. Like, just I don't. It's like it a guy all. three years ago who said he would go do drills if they didn't up do his up up his rating. I can't remember who it was. I think it was a receiver. It may have been Antonio Brown. Yeah, uh, I like how Daniel Jones was rated lower than a guy who was a UDFA quarterback. I mean, that's correct. <laughs> I, th- I think it's a little bit harsh, but he definitely should be rated low. <laughs> yeah. So Madden, uh, I would say on Madden, my feelings on it, I, I buy it every four years uh, or so and hate it basically the whole time I'm playing it. I uh, don't know why I continue to do it to myself ever, but it's it's a real mediocre football simulation. And if you like it, good for you. I mean, I'm glad you're finding joy in something that I think is so mediocre. But the game could be so much better, and I just—it's just—it's just not. But I feel okay. like, yeah. Anyway, it is fun to to read defenses as a quarterback. I mean, it's that's until the linebacker comes out of nowhere and picks you. Well, our guy who's like covering another guy and like chasing after him turns around as soon as you throw it and intercepts the ball. Yeah, that's the thing is there's like, the, there's the like, difficulty uh, level okay. where you're just constantly running the plays that beat them, and then there's the difficulty level that's one above that where suddenly the free safety is just like making every play against your running back in the backfield, and you're like, oh, all right, that was, that was fun. Um, I I like that so many people are coming to DK Metcalf's defense about his, like, route running. Uh, did you see that? And in his that football Twitter IQ. Yeah. yeah, people are like, well, why did you take that backward step? And then a whole bunch of people jumped in the thread like, hey, that's that's a legitimate uh, wide receiver move. Maybe let's not not do that. That's, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, please stop taking your hot take that you already have and then trying to look for it in the film. That's Pros not versus how works. I like watching football sometimes. Yeah, it's 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 That's really just backward weird. scouting. You don't do that way. Uh, DK Metcalf, I think we all can agree. There's just a couple unverifiable facts. 
Ole Miss did not use him in a very interesting way last year. Yep. Or the year before. They had him run basically 10, 10 limited routes, and they're basically different versions of the same three routes. Uh, and, and so then, yeah, you have him do that, and it's not surprising that you're like, okay, well, what is this guy even at the NFL level? And then he has nagging injuries and stuff, so he falls in the draft. But that doesn't mean he's bad. And he actually got a really good rating in Madden. Well, as somebody who was really down on him as a top 20 pick, I am incredibly high on him as a bottom of the second round pick. Yeah, yeah. 64th, he's uh, very good. Um, then another thing, um, Michael Sean Duggar on The Athletic is doing a series counting down like 10 things the Seahawks need to do to beat the Rams. And it's a really good series. The series too. has been awesome. Every single article has been really good. The newest one about Shaquille Griffin I thought we should we could talk about a little bit. Um, it basically just said, like, Shaq can't be average again if the Seahawks are going to make the leap. Eric, do you think Shaquille Griffin is the key to unlocking the Seahawks defense in 2019? I think saying the key, that's a hot take. But a key? Absolutely. We need cornerbacks to step up. We talked about this a couple months ago. And Chad Griffin, he kind of needs to prove that he's going to take a step. We thought last year he was going to be the certifiable number one guy. And I don't know. I don't think it's fair to say he didn't play like a number two. Um, He had to do a lot. But I feel like the weaknesses in his game were were plain to see. If I can pick him out early and then, you know, keep watching it all year and it's the same thing over and over, just being a second late, yeah, he absolutely needs to step up. Shaquille Griffin last year said that in the in the article and in just in interviews in general, he said that the the thing that held him back the most was that he was trying too much to be Richard Sherman and not and not trying to be Shaquille Griffin. And I mean that would explain a lot of the difference between the first year and the second year, right? Where he went from I think a, a guy who looked like he had number one potential, very serious number one potential, to a guy who very much looked overwhelmed in that position in the second year. And it's not like he was, he was you know, bad every game. In week 14 against Minnesota, they were awesome. And he was part of that. You know, he had he was targeted eight times, only gave up five receptions for 26 yards in that game. Against, against a really good receiving Adam Thielen court. and St- Stephon Diggs. Like, that is a top, top-tier defense. But then, you know, he goes ahead and follows that up with, uh, you know, by giving up a hunt. You know, he gave up the very next week. He gave up 56 yards to San Francisco. And and in the week after that, he gives up 63 to Kansas City. And so it's just, it was just strikes and gutters all year for him. And he was all over the place. And the pressing explanation. In the, in the wild card game against Dallas, he was... Maybe the biggest problem on the whole field. Eight gave up, he was targeted fourteen times, eight receptions, one hundred and eight yards, and a touchdown. And I just thought really looked the part and didn't look the part of being a number one receiver. But he self assessed that and now is working to improve. And I think that's a good mindset to be in if he's going to grow, take the next step, and become the number one receiver. I think we all think he has the potential to be, but maybe isn't quite there yet. Uh, Kevin, anything you notice about Shaquille Griffin while you're looking at him? The big thing is what we talked about last year. This is a guy who has a ton of natural athletic ability and wasn't utilizing it. Shaquille Griffin's not a player who should have looked a step slow at any point in time. His change of direction skills, his hip fluidity, his 40-yard time, his ability to move uh, on short routes. No, a six-foot a six foot cornerback who ran a 4-3-8-40 should not look physically overmatched. I completely and agree. he looks physically slow at times. We talked about this extensively last year. And when you break down the film, that it reminds me of when a rookie is trying to analyze things so hard that they're not able to play with their given athleticism. And if he's pressing and he's trying to be... The if he's trying to use the level of analysis that Richard Sherman was using and putting that pressure on himself, it would make sense that the game's going kind of too fast for him instead of using that physical ability like he was in his rookie season. I can do it. Uh, all right, any any other uh, Shaq Griffin thoughts before we jump to Kevin's final story? Nope. All right, Kevin, what's your last Seahawks story for this week? Uh, I've got two quick things. Oh, okay. Uh, besides Chris Marigos retiring. Oh, that's the one I thought you had. <laughs> Chris Marigos retired, dude. Yeah. Seahawks special team Seahawks legend. Special Seahawks legend. legend, Chris Marigos. Will a, they retire his number in Philly? Uh, two other quick things. Uh, a bunch of stories came out this week about Michael Dixon. Just wanted to remind everybody, we told him about you. We told y'all about him first. Hashtag Punt Hub. Hashtag Michael Dixon. Dude, PuntHub.us. It's coming. Okay, we're all over it, uh, and I may or may not have registered at Punt Hub as a. Twitter domain. Okay. Um, and then Bill Barnwell was doing his rankings of offensive arsenals uh, for ESPN. He ranked uh, the Seahawks arsenal, which he weights more towards receivers than running backs, as 29th uh-huh. in the NFL. 
uh, only ahead of Miami, Denver, and Jacksonville. And behind this, and this Washington, in, Buffalo, and San Francisco. This includes quarterbacks, or is it does not include quarterbacks? So I, I can see why he did that. I don't agree. Um, wow, but but I can see why from a from a like a, a base scouting perspective, a guy who probably didn't watch a ton of Seahawks games last year. Uh, that's disrespecting Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson quite a bit, and uh, what I think is a really deep, talented tight end group. Uh, but whatever, you know, you can do what he wants. Yeah, he I obviously like, doesn't know about George Fant, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel secret weapon. I feel like he definitely leaned on Disley's injury being a big question mark, which I understand. As a national guy, I think it's a lot of playing it safe, but it's going to be really interesting. I think there might be a perception out there nationally that what we saw from Lock- Tyler Lockett last year may have been a bit of a fluke that level of efficiency, but I think if you watch the trajectory of his skill and his career, that that looks like a thing that's a sustainable skill set for him. Maybe not that level of efficiency, because that was insane, but I think that was him arriving to stay, not him flashing in the pan. Yeah, I agree. Um, Ridiculous. uh, NFL stuff, um, there was like a really good Twitter thread this week about the, the... how tennis uses and other sports use technology to enhance the game. And we got the measurement sticks coming out all the time. And this has been like a pet peeve of mine for a while. So I thought it was time for maybe a little mini rant, not a, not a full rant, but a mini rant. Um, I'd like to put in that I agree with this rant. The the number, the number of times that coaches ask for a measurement to get a free fucking timeout is absurd. There are so many times they measure in an NFL football game where they do not need to measure and it is slowing the game down and it makes me very frustrated. There are times they come out to measure it's like two football legs. There's no freaking way that they can't tell from the sideline to there that that ball did not make it that far. But the coaches are doing it to give them extra time to think about the decision they want to make and to think about what they want to do and it is stupid and it needs to stop and the referees need to i think it should be a point of emphasis this year or in the future where they say no no more of this we need to speed the game up a little bit this is an easy way to speed up the game don't don't measure uh every single time a coach asks for it you can say no i'm gonna go one level beyond that i think we should move it since we now have a a laser upstairs yeah it should be it should be a laser measurement so there's no question about accuracy or anything. Ooh. And then the second piece of it is now those two referee spots, we should make those sideline refs to be extra people to catch things that are going on so they're not in charge of looking at a specific part of the field. Okay. I can dig it. Like it's uh it's just so ridiculous. you don't have to get rid of jobs so referees union can be quiet about that. But at the same and it also might allow for catching things that they otherwise have trouble catching. Or put a second guy in the booth. If that's what you want to do, yep, and more like an extra replay ref or something. Exactly, um, I think that'd be totally fine too. The, the the use of technology and stuff in the NFL is just so random and so weird. And I uh, think I don't sometimes know. they're they're worried about the purity of the game. You've heard about it in baseball for so long. I think there's a little bit more of that in football than we think. And what better example to follow for uh, you know lining yourself up with the times and staying relevant than Major League Baseball? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. I mean, Major League Baseball's replay system is not the worst, actually. And no, but it's gotten way better, and it's because it was so bad. NFL Players Union they rejected the eighteen game proposed eighteen game proposal. And did you hear what this proposal was, Eric? Yes, absolutely. I did. You can only play sixteen of the games. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. The only way you could sell this to the players' union uh, is to say, like, we're going to expand the rosters out to, like, 70 right. so that more guys have jobs. That's the only way I feel like you could sell it to this. The NFL was union. like, okay, we want more money, and you don't want to play more. Perfect. It was the dumbest It was the dumbest idea ever. What about the games where you have to arrest your quarterback? I know. Like, like the two games a year, we have to throw, like, Geno Smith out there because Russell Wilson's only allowed to play 16 games. And that's not including How the fact that... How much strategizing would that Russell be? Russell Wilson might get injured. So, like, that's the thing. It's like, you have to you have to just be like, okay, well, we're going to not play him in this game, and we're just going to guess. It, for me, I would sandbag the games against the best teams. And then that makes for terrible television. Yeah, so like, the Seahawks, strategically... They should try to lose to the Rams. They should just be like, against the Rams, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to let that one go. Because the Rams are good, and we can just beat up on the worst teams with our best players. So that's the game we got Geno Smith and, like, uh, you know, a bunch of guys who never play playing. So then both teams roll out their backups to see which backups are better. J.D. McKissick starting it. And that game's on Monday Night Football because it's Seahawks-Rams. And And now it's the (laughs) AAF. 
And yeah. then it's the Rams versus the preseason That's stat. The, it was like the worst idea I've ever heard in my entire life. If you, you want to actually do this, convert the fourth preseason game into the 17th game, make it so everyone dresses, and expand the roster by four players. Expand the roster is, is definitely one of the key steps. I think the other key step is two buys. Uh, two yeah. buys instead of one, I think, helps you get there. Which, if you do 17 games and two buys, then that creates an eight. Uh, that creates the equivalent of 18 games. Right, it creates the length of the season so they can expand the TV contract, which is really, I think, the Which the is biggest, all they really want to do. It's the biggest way to, for the NFL to make money is to make the TV contract better. If you add an extra bye week plus one more game, then you then you get there, I it think. It seems like the NFL was And you convert the fourth they, preseason game because that game doesn't really matter. They wouldn't be able to pocket enough money because they didn't want to expand the rosters. I thought that was a telltale sign. They're just being super greedy. Which is, yeah, I'm about to say, which is really dumb because if, if you expand the roster like that, you're expanding the roster for like a couple other dudes making the league minimum. Yeah. A couple extra UDFAs make the roster to flesh things out. One guy who maybe wouldn't retire stays in. And this is also our annual pitch to make it so that everyone dresses because that rule's stupid. Yeah, everyone dresses. I mean, do you know who... Healthy scratches is Belichick dumb. Belichick has been fighting this fight for years, so I know that I'm on the right side of it. <laughs> <laughs> like anytime I hear Bill Belichick wants a rule change, I'm like, that is a rule change. I also should probably think about wanting because that guy understands football better than I think any combination of people in this room combined. That's a legitimate uh, football historian. Uh, so yeah, he and he, dude, he likes to dork out about special teams the most. So yeah, that says it all. He's gonna make one hell of an analyst in 20 years. I just oh my love gosh, you if, he, if he ever is the <laughs> color guy on a broadcast, he will be so good. It is unfathomable how good he will be. My favorite thing is you'll hear people talking about it, and it was like we were talking about running backs, and I'm talking about Barry Sanders, and he whips out Stumpy Peterson from 1937 and starts, and he has an encyclopedic knowledge of the guy's stats and everything, and could tell you what he did that was. Spe- I'm like that dude's amazing. Cool. I mean, as much as he's the embodiment of evil, he's also kind of all that's right in the football world. All right, uh, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon said he's not going to play this <laughs> year with, this. without a new contract. Uh, he wants a new deal. He's scheduled to make $5.6 million this year. It's the last year of his deal. His agent's name is Demarius Bilbo. Uh, <laughs> I just thought. That sounds like a made-up dude, name. Did he, dude, he probably just says this, like, Bilbo helps get you baggins. Something like that. And then um, you can secure the baggins. Something like that. And then um, If not, that's for free. You can that's, a, that's a Madden create an agent. And I just think, like, okay, one, Melvin, part of Melvin Gordon's argument was, Running backs are irreplaceable. It's the hardest position to play on the field. I'm pretty sure we've all watched the NFL for the last 10 years, Melvin, and we see that guys come in all the time and give you 80 to 90% of what you get. Sure, James Conner was not as good as Le'Veon Bell. I agree. But he was like all, like most of the way there. And guess what? He makes no money compared to, to Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, so, I think he should have gone hard the other way. Coming in for Kareem Hunt. Trying to secure the bag before you get hurt is smart. Uh, he saw what happened to, to Todd Gurley, but... Uh, you're a career four yard a rush guy, uh, four maybe four point five. I don't know. I think it's less. I think it's like four. And uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm out on Melvin. Zeke Elliott. I'm sorry. Zeke Elliott also threatening a holdout, which means they're gonna have to give more money to Zeke, and uh, you have to worry about Dak's contract. So a couple of guys who have had very limited NFL success on a team basis suddenly are gonna be making even more money and making that roster even yeah, more strained. The Zeke Elliott thing, though, I mean he. He's like, I'm not going to show up. It's like, dude, you're, you literally have a pending uh, investigation against you right now. I would not use this time to do... This is like bad timing, dude. Bad timing. Super smart dude, that Zeke Elliott. Uh, only makes good decisions. Uh, any, uh, any other NFL stories you got? Uh, Alex <laughs> Collins, free agent, broke his leg while trying to clear up his possession with intent to distribute charges, so he's out for the year. Yeah. Former Seahawks legend, Alex Wait, Collins. Wait, did he... Did he trip on his way to the courtroom? Uh, no. While trying to clear it up? That's... Alex Alex Smith got his giant leg brace off. Yeah, that's the thing that happened. That's a step. Uh, Robbie Gold ended his holdout. I just think that's great because it's a kicker holdout. <laughs> it's a kicker holdout. On the last day, too. The last day that it was possible for him to end the holdout, the 49ers made it happen. So now they can go 6-10 and 10 with their best kicker, which is fine with That's them. important to get the best guy out there for every job. Uh, Martavis Bryant is applying to get into the NFL. No word yet on if he can be clean. And uh, NFLPA is looking to do a grievance because Houston listed Clowney as a linebacker slash defensive end to save $1.7 million on his... Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's pretty classic NFL. 
I mean, the thing is, I think this is where we're going to get the official NFL saying the edge designation exists. Yep, and, gonna, and I think that's the only way to do it. And they're going to, and then they're going to get hammered on that because the edge guys are awesome and they make a ton of money. Yep, it's going to be eleven billion dollars. So, and that's what they get for Houston's about to screw it up for everyone else. Don't try to cheap out, man. Why would you do that? Uh, all right, all right. I let's think we're uh, ready for our core. All right, here we go. So this week we are on NFC South. One of the toughest and most parody-filled divisions yes. in all of football. Start with the Falcons. Falcons are headed by Dan Quinn. They added James Carpenter, Luke Stalker, and Adrian Claiborne. They lost Robert Alfred, Brian Poole, and Tevin Coleman in the draft. First three rounds, they picked up Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry. Both are first-round picks, actually. And then uh, the CS Connection, Atlanta Falcons, used to be the home for J.D. McKissick. Uh, Seahawks back up running back. Okay, Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to go first on this one, guys. This is a really talented group of offensive players now being headed by an actual offensive coordinator. It is a very questionable group of defensive players with very competent defensive coaching. Uh, I I don't... This, this team will go as far as the defense takes them. Uh, that's what the limiting factor. I could see them losing a lot of games with very high scores because this defense will have trouble doing much of anything, really. Uh, I don't like the front seven at all. The back end of the defense isn't isn't horrible, but I think Mark or Desmond Trufant is slightly overrated, and they're going to need to get something out of Kendall Sheffield or Jordan Miller. Otherwise, it could be a mess. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of, of this Falcons team in terms of this division. In terms of the NFL, it's a pretty freaking good team. Uh, Matt Ryan's awesome, and the, the offensive talent is superlative. If this team was in the AFC East, I'd, I'd have them pegged for 12 wins, but... That is not the case in this. They are going to have to fight and scrap for every inch. Eric, how do you feel about Atlanta? Uh, I feel the opposite in, of what you said if you put them in the AFC East. Is that what you said? Yeah, man. Switch them with the Patriots. You're telling me they wouldn't beat up on the Bills, the Jets, and the... I think they'd surely win the division. I don't know about 12-4. and four. I'm not high on the Falcons. I think they have a bad head coach in Dan Quinn, uh, someone who's probably just relying on the amazing roster he had when he came in. This defense is banged up. I think the key to this team is probably both lines, the defensive line not being able to get any pressure, and the offensive line not being able to keep Matt Ryan off his butt. Matty Ice is a thing when he has time to throw five years ago, three years ago. Um, I'm pretty down on this team. I don't have uh, a lot of good outlook only because this division looks really awesome. This is, I think is going to be the most entertaining division uh, in the NFC, certainly. Kevin, are you going to be the guy who is a Falcons truther here? We sound, we're we uh, both feeling a little down about the Falcons. Do you like them? All right, ready to come back on this. I think this is a team that lost very little. Tevin Coleman, they've got uh, Ido Smith, who can give you a lot of that production back. I like the changes they made on the offensive line to strengthen up the right side when they already had a really solid left side to the line. You put Kendall Sheffield and Jordan Miller and um, Isaiah all over there, and you're trying to replace... Robert Alford and Brian Poole. I think you're looking at, at worst, a very similar um, level of talent in the defensive backs. This is a team that lost a ton of games to injury on the defensive side, including Deion Jones, who's kind of a big piece for them last year. And so they ended up 31st on defense, but they were 8th on offense um, for uh, offensive DBA. So this is a team that has a playoff-level offense. The defense underperformed. If the defense can come back just to the middle of the pack, this is a team that can do really, really well. So I like Chris Lindstrom. I like Caleb McGarry, um, though there could be an adjustment there. I think the addition of James Carpenter was good. Their offense is going to be really good. Uh, look out for uh, Calvin Ridley this year. Calvin Ridley flashed a lot last year. I think he could just be a real dude. And that one-two punch between him and Julio Jones is really going to be a very difficult thing for teams to deal with. So I have them at... 10 and 6. Ooh. I am the Atlanta Falcons truther in the room, though I have a bit of a caveat, and I'll put that at the. So, Atlanta, Carolina, and Tampa, and this is especially Atlanta and Tampa, um, have. I think Atlanta and Tampa have a good enough offense to make the playoffs, and whichever one of them has a defense that can get to the middle of the pack is the one that's going to grab a wild card spot. Hmm. And I am putting a slight favorite on Atlanta to make that happen. Wow. 
Dan Quinn keeps his job, Kevin says. Yeah, because I think Dirk Cutter, as offensive head coach, is going to allow Dan Quinn to do what he does best. When he took over the defense a couple years ago, it made a big difference, and I think that's going to be what happens again. Uh, and the Falcons at 7-9, and nine, battling it out with another team, and they will be, uh, I'm just going to say, they're going to be the worst team in the division. By the way, Atlanta were ranked 16th in adjusted games lost last year, right in the middle of the pack, which is kind of how I felt. And Kevin, you said something that I think is very telling. You said this team seemed like they didn't add or lose a whole lot from last year, and they went 7-9. and nine. And I, that's why I don't see a huge improvement coming for them. I have them at 8-8. Eight and eight. I, I, I don't like, like, I don't hate them. And they could be better than that, but I just I don't. I, don't know. I feel like getting some of the guys Matt back Ryan, from injury makes a big difference. Matt to me. Ryan's super underrated. Are you just saying the guys who got injured are important? Yes. Okay. Like Everybody. Keanu Neal and Deion Jones. Keanu Neal and Trufant. Right. Yeah, Trufant missed a few games, but I like I said, I think Trufant is wholly overrated. But uh, the big question is, can they get any kind of a pass rush out of Vic Beasley and Tack McKinley? If yes, then interesting. If no, then that's going to be rough. Let's go to Carolina Panthers. They're led by Riverboat Ron Rivera. They they added Gerald McCoy, Matt Paradis, and Chris Hogan. They lost Thomas Davis, Devin Funches, and Julius Peppers. In the draft, they added Brian Burns, Greg Little, and Will Greer. Seahawks connection, they added Bruce Irvin, the flexible outside linebacker defensive end. Kevin, start us off. What do you think about the Panthers? I think that the Panthers are going to run a 4-3, and they shouldn't. I'm going to start with that. Uh, I don't know why that was so funny. This is a team that has a lot of outside linebackers playing defensive end, and that scares me. Uh, They spent a first-round pick on a player who I think has one of the highest bust potentials in this draft in Brian Burns. They have DJ Moore, who I think showed he could be something, and then Jarius Wright, Chris Hogan, and Torrey Smith. So question mark, question mark, question mark at wide receiver. For Cam Newton, who was held back significantly by an injury last year. But I just, I don't know what to make of this team, man. Uh, If Taylor Moten can slide to left guard and Greg Little's ready, they could have a really good offensive line. They had a really good run game last year. Their pass game, I just don't know if they're going to play into what Cam Newton does well. And with his play style, he's such a physical runner that I think that injury potential is there every single year. Their defense, they got Gerald McCoy, inside pass rusher. That's good. They've got four defensive tackles that are quality with uh, Butler, Short, Poe, and McCoy. But then Bruce Irvin, Brian Burns, Mario Addison, they got a bunch of outside linebackers playing defensive ends, and I have no idea what to make of their defensive backs. So this is a team that was kind of in the middle on offense and defense last year, and I don't see how they're going to be that much better. So here's the thing, Kevin. You said uh, they they're gonna play four three. There there's like all these rumors all off season. Um, I looked at um, I looked it up earlier. The articles they say like they're gonna they're talking about how they're gonna adopt more three four looks, but they're not sure they're gonna switch all the way and stuff like that. And then you look at their off season moves, and there's just no way that they made they went and drafted Brian Burns, brought in Bruce Irvin to play defensive end, and didn't add any real like pass rushing defensive end to four four three and they're not gonna play a lot of three four. I think they're playing uh this is very Ron Rivera to play like a little coy with this information and be like, I'm not I'm not playing four three and then the first game happens and they were in three 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 or three four personnel for like seventy five percent of the time. No, what's really what's really Ron Rivera would be planning on playing a four three and then there's an injury that forces him to do the better thing and then he gets tons of credit for doing the thing he should have done in the beginning. <laughs> wow. That's the most they Ron have, Rivera. They have awesome three four personnel though. Shaq Thompson and Luke Keith really roaming, roaming in the middle of the field. Brian Burns and Bruce Irvin Antoine Williams on the outside, and Quan Short, Gerald McCoy, and Dontari Poe. Dontari Poe is the kind of the, the the signal that they might that they probably are looking to go more three four because that guy's been a nose tackle his entire career. You don't just bring a guy like that in and just go, oh yeah, we're gonna play you at three tech or five. You know what I mean? That guy has yeah. spent his whole career doing a thing and being very good at He's it. He's played five tech in a few places, but his home is really at nose. Yeah, and so I think they'll play three four, and this is a. This team, if they play 3-4, I think could be a really, really, really good defense, especially if Keekley stays healthy. Uh, the offensive line is greatly improved by jettisoning, jettisoning all of so many all of the Khalils, all the Khalils, just throwing the Khalils into the river. They were like, see you later. I, I always am the Cam Newton apologist on this podcast. I will continue that trend. I think Ian Thomas and Greg Olson are both really good tight ends. Uh, bringing in Jarius Wright, Torrey Smith, and Chris Hogan 
is going to provide them some ability to stretch the field. I'm I think this is a pretty decent team. I'm I'm into I'm into Carolina. I'm open to outcome. This here's the problem. Okay, is that they are one of the least injury-proof teams in the entire NFL. If Cam Newton, who I think played a lot of this last season, hurt, uh, if he's still hurt, they are going to be bad. If Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, that's a big loss. If if uh, you know Gerald McCoy or Dontari Poe gets hurt, they're going to be in big trouble on the interior of their defense. There's a lot of ways for this to fall apart for them very quickly. But they're thin at DB too. But they do have a backup defensive back named Corn Elder, and that makes up for a lot of bills. <laughs> All right, Eric, what do you got? Uh, you stole a lot of my thunder. I think you guys would be proud of me. I, I had Don Terry Poe notes going into this. I'm actually like Brian Burns, Kevin, in this setup. I think with them bringing in that you're not that good. What in what? <laughs> Sorry, and that Kevin, I'm not you that said good. You were like Brian Burns. No, I said I really kind of like Brian. Oh, Burns. I thought you said you were like Brian. No, Burns. No, it's so I'm, I assume that you're that I'm not quite be... six five and not as fast and not as strong. Very similar. Are you, are you as bendy? But though? you're a similar two thirty. Uh, I'm yeah, uh, plus you, or minus eighty pounds. Are you? Are you <laughs> probably bendy? plus? I'm a little bendy, but we'll oh, keep that Brian for Burns off the very, podcast. He's very bendy. Um, I'll say this: uh, I like the Bruce Irvin signing purely as a guy they can plug in. Nathan said this all depends on injuries. Cam Newton, uh, you may be the Cam Newton truther, but everyone knows who's listened to this podcast for the last five years. I hate Cam Newton. I don't believe in him. <laughs> I think he's a clown. I have proof he's a clown. Um, and not the cool it type of clown. Though, is it the hats? Uh, it's that. It's the flipping over your SUV and uh, just walking away from the scene. And just being like, I'm a hero in Charlotte. It doesn't matter. But also the hats. Um, I mean, the hats, uh, you know, we must kill the Batman. That was my favorite meme a couple years ago. Um, Christian McCaffrey buffed up quite a bit. He yoked himself up. He lost all his body fat. Look for the Christian McCaffrey uh, dinged up injuries this year. I will say, uh, I'll, I'm sorry, I'll end with the records. I have this team at a very optimistic 10-6. and six. I, I also have them at ten and six. Mm. I think it's a solid roster. It's it's a borderline playoff team. Uh, I could see them going under that slightly. I wouldn't be surprised if you know them and Atlanta were just the first two teams out of the playoffs or something like that. But uh, I'm a big fan. If Cam Newton's hurt, all bets are off. Like six and ten, they'll be really bad. But if he's healthy, they they'll be solid. Kevin, uh, they played better than their numbers at seven and nine last year. As in seven and nine was a better record than their numbers should have given them. And I think they'll improve to eight and eight this don't, year. Don't you think it was kind of a huh. tale of two seasons for them last year too? Like the beginning of the year, they were so good, and at the end of the year, they were. I don't so, think they were that good at the beginning of the year. So I bad. think that there was a little bit of smoke and mirrors there. They were so bad at the end of last year. Yeah, they were that bad at the end of last year. I thought. Uh, I think the defense was weak all year, and I especially think that the defensive backfield is a big, big problem for them. And I don't think they whoa, did enough whoa, to address whoa. that. Whoa, are you talking about my uh, my guy, uh, James Bradbury? Or Corn Elder? Are you talking about Corn Elder, Kevin? He loves that Corn Elder So, talk. New Orleans Saints. Corn, <laughs> Corn, Kelvin, we got to talk about Corn Elder for a few more minutes. No, we so. don't. Oh, oh. Seahawks Connection, Bruce Irvin, I said that right. Okay, all yep. right. Saints. The Saints are headed up by Sean Payton. They added Jared Cook, Malcolm Brown, Latavius Murray. They lost Alex Okafor, Max Unger, and Mark Ingram. They drafted Eric McCoy, and they also undrafted free agent, the greatest wide receiver name of all time, Lil' Jordan Humphrey. Seahawks connection, Al Woods, cut his teeth as a New Orleans Saint. Okay, the New Orleans Saints. Kevin, start us off. What do you think about them Aints? Well, the New Orleans Saints were really good last year, and that was after being really good for a while. And this year, this year they're going to be really good. Um, hard, hard hitting analysis. Eric, here. no, uh, no I'm, I'm happy. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they kept Cameron Jordan, which was like the big question mark, right? Is can they keep Cam Jordan? Can well, they can they figure out the cap cap logistics to keep this together? And then they did. And keeping Cam Jordan, I think there's a really good chance that uh, uh, Davenport improves enough to be a complementary piece across from him, which gives them a much more legitimate pass rush. Uh, their linebackers are solid. They, I think they improved at defensive back last year with Von Bell mm-hmm. showing he was ready to step up into a role on the team. And Eli Apple, anytime you can pick up a guy who has physical talent and is maybe not in a good situation, and by not in a good situation, I mean playing for the Giants, that's always a good move. They declined Eli Apple's fifth season option, so which which was really surprising to me. 
because I thought, okay, Eli Apple, that's a guy they got, they like free rolled, you know, they got him for free, and then they didn't, they didn't even take the fifth year option. They drafted Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Maybe they think he's going to be a corner, or maybe PJ Williams slides into corner and he's going to be a nickel. I mean, we'll see, but. I think that's interesting. Uh, something that you brought up before the season, uh, before the podcast began, when Marshall Newhouse is your rotating third tackle, it, like break glass in case of emergency, you doing all right. Yeah, Marshall Newhouse. Marshall Newhouse would probably be start, starting right tackle material if he was on the. Their standards. line's really, really good, and then they have th- such an interesting set of weapons. Michael Thomas is elite, and then Ted Ginn, Cam Meredith, Traquan Smith, uh, Simi Cobbs, Rashard Matthews, Austin Carr. Uh, Austin Carr, Lil Jordan Humphrey, they've got a lot of dudes who can do things. And then they have somebody who's really good at distributing the ball. I think picking up Buck Allen and Latavius Murray is a very similar player they just picked up twice, which is a guy who can kind of thump it in there and get you a couple of yards, which Buck is like a complimentary is, piece Buck to Allen's Allen underrated pass catcher. Actually, like, pretty awesome at catching Latavius the ball. Murray doesn't suck either at that. No, so and I th- quietly, Dwayne Washington, functional NFL player. They knew what they were doing. Uh, yeah, I think uh, jettisoning Mark Ingram was not a bad move on their part. Uh, they pick up Sylvester Williams and Malcolm Brown to strengthen the interior of the defensive line. Uh, yeah, I mean, good team does good things to stay good. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't see the is, Saints. Is take, that better now? I don't think the Saints take a huge step back, and I don't think it's a particularly, like, injury injury i mean obviously drew Brees gets hurt they can go to teddy bridgewater they might be the team that has a legitimate starting backup quarterback it's weird to think but this team is is pretty deep all over the place um and they have the expensive quarterback too I don't, yeah this is kind of a juggernaut squad don't, don't know how they did it but this team is awesome uh the roster construction's great and i don't see how it really falls apart it's uh it's just really it's just a really good team that it would be i would be surprised I hate Sean Payton, and that is like why I want them to fail, but I just don't think they will. Eric? Uh, this is a team that is only getting better just by a little bit, but like Kevin said, they just improved. Kevin, to answer your question, I do think P.J. Williams is going to play nickel. This team got better up the middle of the field in defensive back and defensive playing. I am stoked on this team, except here is the hot take of the night. Gentlemen, can they get over... That ridiculous ending to their season last year. I honestly think... Absolutely. They were the best. Here's the thing. They're going to come out on fire and kill everyone. Or uh, or if something falls apart, people are going to be like, Oh, Drew Brees' head fell off. Is that because you lost the game last year? Yeah. I think it's going to be more like Virginia in the uh, NCAA basketball this year. They're going to come out and be like, No, we're going to answer all these questions. Also, their home field advantage is not to be underestimated no. in the playoffs. They play so many games in a dome this year. Like, it's insane. Because they have... Yeah, if um, they win just their dome games in the playoffs. Yeah, they, they, they get to play They get to play the <laughs> South, which the, the AFC South has do- a bunch of dome teams. Like, they just play a ton of games in domes this year. Uh, and good weather, which is great for Breeze. They were 13-3 and last year. They had the best point differential in the NFL. I think they were the best team in the NFL last year. I kind of hyped it up like that at the end of last year, and it kind of bit me in the butt. But I'm going to stick with them. I'm 12-4 and on the Saints. I'm going to be – I don't. I try not to be too aggressive with the good teams, but 12-4. Uh, and four. I have them a very conservative 12-4. and four. Uh, I also have them at 12-4 and because it's hard to project someone over 12 wins. Yeah. Okay. Lastly, but, but not least, led by Bruce Arians – and offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They added Donkey Kong Sue, Deion Buchanan, Brashad Perriman. They lost Brent Grimes, Adam Humphreys, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. In the draft, they added Devin White, Mike Edwards, Sean Bunt, Murphy Bunting, and Jamel Dean. Seahawks connection, of course. The legend Brad McDougald was a tam- former Tampa Bay Buccaneer. All right, Eric? No, 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 no. You cannot take the, uh, the whole before-the-podcast talking about Bruce Arians and not start us off. I was hoping you'd start with me for the Saints because it was my turn. And then, no, you're going first because I, I, really, I have very little to say about the Bucks. All right, start with you very little. Start with, here we go. I'll, All right, what do you say? There you go. Come on, just go nuts. You ready? He's wearing his Bucks red shirt anyway. Okay. He so also has one of those Buccaneers. stupid hats on for Bruce Arians. <laughs> okay. The, casino hat. the offensive talent on this team is very good, except for they should have drafted a running back and did. But Jameis <laughs> Winston. Uh, oh, dear Lord. Jameis Winston. Here it comes. That's has, right, folks. You just heard has made, Nathan advocate for drafting a running back. Jameis Winston has so much potential that he has not been able to realize because he has been saddled with the idiot coaches, and now he has Bruce Arians 
the guru himself coming in to teach him the way. I hate Bruce Arians. He's such a dick, but this is the perfect guy to come in and set Jameis Winston straight. Crab, Crabley McGrave is going to be actually eating W's this year. Uh, the defense is talented and flexible. It, it's um, What I like about it is it's the classic like Arians defense. He's got Todd Bowles back, who's an awesome defensive coordinator. He, can, he has all these flexible pieces that he can use to play a 3-4 look, a 4-3 look. He can mix up his looks and confuse the other the other team, make it difficult for the opposing team's quarterback. He has Deion Buchanan back, who we love to use in those weird spots. Devin White is an amazing, amazing, amazing football player. Um, he's everything you would want a young 2019 a rookie linebacker to be covers well. He just is a heat-seeking missile. I love that they threw a bunch of draft picks at their secondary because their secondary is the weakness, but getting Jamel Dean, Mike Edwards, and Sean Murphy bunting, some of those guys are going to be good, and that's going to help the the defense on there. I already thought the offense was pretty good last year. They moved the ball. They scored a ton of points, so it's not like they needed to improve the offense a lot. And bringing in Nadam Kongsu and uh, Carl Nassib and just kind of revamping the secondary with draft picks is a really smart move. I hate this because every year everyone gets into the Buccaneers and then I'm always like, pump the brakes, their coaching still sucks. And this year I can't say it, so I have to be on the Tampa Bay bandwagon. And I don't want to be on it because I'm sure this is going to bite me in the ass big time. And I'm not looking forward to it. Kevin, tell me why Tell me why I'm wrong. Please, no, Eric, save me. Give, give, us, give us your little bit. Uh, Devin White, he is a really great throw player. Some, I re- throw some water on this fire. <laughs> I really like their young safeties. I feel like this team has a, a good chance to succeed under the tutelage of Todd Bowles as D coordinator. I'm a huge, I'm a Todd Bowles truther. I like that guy. It's not his fault that he landed on the Jets, even though he took the job as head coach of the Jets. Here's the thing. There's a lot of offensive weapons on the receiving core he of this team. It was the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> I'm going to say this. Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles dragged so many extra wins out of fucking dog shit Jets uh, rosters, too. That's like, true. Just Jets rosters that were just horrible and get, would get like six or seven wins out of those rosters. And it's just like, how is he doing this? It does not make a sense. A man who he kept fighting. Leg it over with him. Yeah, when he knew he was going to get fired, a man who still tried. Uh, I'm not a Jameis Winston truther. I know that uh, your your favorite coach in the world, Bruce Arians, Nathan, uh, may be a bit of a quarterback whisperer like a poor man's Andy Reid, shall we say. But I don't have any faith in Jameis Winston. I think he's going to show flashes of, holy shit, he's putting it together back down to wow Jameis Winston just you know throws a lot of picks he's 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 had such a good three quarters if he just hadn't thrown those two picks in the fourth which is just meaning he's still going to be Jameis Winston uh Kevin Jameis Winston can't escape his destiny is definitely an outcome I could see for this season so I'm glad you you said it yeah uh they lost to Sean Jackson and Adam Humphreys and picked up Brashad Perriman <laughs> Kevin, um, Kevin, they they, did, they brought in so many undrafted free agent. Uh, they uh, lost guys. Gerald McCoy and Vinnie Curry, and brought in Ndamukong Su. Uh, they picked up Shaquille Barrett. I mean, that's fine. They lost bad cornerbacks and replaced them with giant question marks. So that's probably an upgrade. They don't want to go in with Kentrell Bryce as a safety. That's not a good situation. Yeah. Uh, they're relying right now on Vernon Hargraves to do something, which we have two years of evidence that Vernon Hargraves doesn't do things. <laughs> so that's probably not pretty good either. This is a really interesting situation. Peyton Barber is good for eight carries and four yards per carry. Ronald Jones is good for... Mm, I think we can all agree on that. This is a really weird roster. That has an extremely low floor, but a playoff ceiling. If Mike Edwards comes in and is pretty good and takes over that safety spot from Kendrell Bryce, and they run a 3-4 with uh, Ndamukong Su and uh, Vita Vea playing a lot of snaps, and Vea is able to uh, stay healthy and do well. If one of the many, many, many wide receivers they brought in can step in and provide a decent third option if O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait are as good as we think they are. Because the thing is, I believe what you're saying about Jameis Winston. I have the same opinion, and that is Jameis Winston makes great throws, 
and then baffling mistakes. Yeah, backbreaking decisions that just don't make any sense. And Bruce Arians has a track record of getting the best performance of their career out of that kind of quarterback. Remember some he of did the quarterbacks Palmer, in Arizona he, he did he it with, with Carson Palmer. Skelton. What was, um, no, what was the guy that was from the Eagles? That uh, Oh, uh, uh, Kerry Cobb. Kerry Cobb. 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 Yeah. Corn on the Cobb. Yes, Kerry Cobb. Yeah, Kevin Cole. Kevin Cobb. That's who it was. Uh, As you were saying, though, the guy he's turned into, Carson Palmer, had a. He was a very good quarterback, hey, but he also had. I'll be honest. So he's losing in the throw fourth like quarter type of guy. 12 to 15 interceptions they have this it. year, but he's going to throw for like 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns to go with those 15 interceptions. And depending on the timing of those things, if it's a lot of like garbage time, because here's my thing. Worst case scenario of this is. Uh, the Jameis Winston becomes the Richie Sexton of quarterbacks, where only in games that don't matter or when they're out of reach, you know, he chicks dig the long ball, 60-yard touchdown. That was such a great throw. He threw for four touchdowns in a 42-31 to 31 loss. He, he did hit his 39 home runs, but at least he batted 205. Exactly. And so that's going to be the interesting thing. With that being said, since I'm last, I'll go with the record. I have them at nine and seven. Though, if they can, if the defense can gel and work, then I can see them replacing Atlanta for that spot that grabs a wild card. One odd thing about Vernon Hargreaves is last year they asked him to switch to slot corner. He played one game, uh, broke, hurt his shoulder, and then got put on injured reserve. He so, should be a slot corner. So, but the, then they're asking to break in two new corners. But that so. I'm hoping that they do that again because yeah, like I like you said, he's a Ver- step slow. Vernon Hargreaves has a lot of potential as like a, a like a slot corner guy. Yep. I think he has like like true like talent, but he is a four five three guy. Like he just isn't as fast for five ten. A five ten corner needs to be faster than that, and he just isn't doesn't have the straight line speed. Uh, I I like this team quite a bit. I I do think that one of Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting is going to be like a quality NFL starting cornerback this year. But your I, first year is hard for a corner. I don't know which one, but Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians will help them get there. I really wish they had better running backs. It's like what really holds me back. From they got rid of Bryn Grimes' wife. All in. Yeah, exactly. She's <laughs> uh, Mika Grimes. She's she's so nuts. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's go with eleven and five. I'm gonna Ooh. stick with it. I'm gonna stick wow. with it. I'm gonna go with the Ooh, heat. I really like the Tampa. We got eleven and five. We got nine Ooh. and seven, and Eric bringing in the reality is seven and nine. Seven. Uh, what was the record last year, Eric? Seven and uh, what was five it? Six and, 11, and ten. Five and eleven. Yeah, was bad. it really? Can I can I talk about one of their undrafted free agents who I really like? Too? Demarcus Lodge. Demarcus Lodge. Yeah, I think Demarcus Lodge should have been drafted. Um, as I watched a billion Ole Miss games, and he's not like hugely behind uh, DK Metcalf. In terms of just true talent level, like I think he's could be like seventy five or eighty percent of that. He was the third best wide receiver on a college team that had half a quarterback, correct? And uh, the two team. NFL like the, first round receivers. The, that that wide receiving core was freaking good, and Demarcus Lodge should have been a sixth or seventh round pick. Uh, I wouldn't have minded if we would have taken him like instead of Ursua or something like that. I also like Anthony Johnson quietly. He's an interesting player. Um. All right. And there we go. That's it. There's our predictions for the NFC South. Finally, the NFC West will come next week. If you'd like to help out the Seahawks Nest podcast, there are many ways to do so. But the best way is to head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks For as little as $1.24 a month, you can get our in-season betting podcast, our thoughts, access to our group chat, and so much more. I just want to thank all the people who took the time to I clicked the wrong button on the Patreon, so I need to corpse for a second. <laughs> All the people who took the time to do it: Forrest, James, Chuckatilla, Tom, Lucas, Carrie, Bob, Kieran, Brett, Mike, David, Flockness, Prime, Frank, Michelle, Brian, and Nick. You guys are all awesome. And then everyone else, you know, you know who you are. You guys are doing a great job. You're making us keep going. If you don't have any money, you could head over to iTunes and give us a five star review on iTunes. iTunes.com slash We got another review. We are now seven away. From our goal. Uh, and it says, you want to renew the new review? Young yeah, Pineapples. Yeah. Greatest football podcast ever. You guys are so lucky that I love you guys. And then we all were sad because this Taco Bell over Chick-fil-A choice got my blood <laughs> boiling, boiling. Just playing great podcast informative information. I learned new, new something new about CX every time I tune in. That, that was so nice of your roommate to write us a review. It's so funny because... Uh, 
No, he ha- he hates <laughs> both hates Taco Bell and Chick Fil A. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, seven reviews to go. We're almost there. And thank you to everyone. If we get to six sixty nine with all five stars, I would be uh, insane. But if we get to sixty nine with with a couple one stars, I'm okay with that too. So if you hate us, go give us a review. It will. Also, why are you still listening? Wait, to- but wait until we get to sixty nine. No, no, don't 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 bump us off that number. It would that, be it would be so. That's good. what it's going to be. We're going to get sixty nine yeah. five perfect five stars, and then someone's going to come in with number seventy one star. Because they, because I won't even get a screenshot of that's it. That's true hate uh, right there. That's that's that person is smart. They've been biding their time. Okay, uh, you guys ready for this this week's? Uh, that's, a, that's field goals ultimate plan. Oh gosh, <laughs> field, goal, field goals. Unblock me on Twitter, then maybe I'll think about our rivals. Your your offer. Okay, so uh, you guys want to do the, uh, the, uh, the the thing this week? We are. Yeah, we're doing movie it. club. Okay, here we go. So for movie club this week, in honor of all of these uh, Disney remakes that are coming out, we are going to draft. Disney classics. So I made a list of like 40 Disney classics. You can pick or so basically the rules are this. It can come out in any year. I don't really care. It could be pretty new all the way up to like Wreck-It Ralph 2. It could be pretty old all the way back to Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Okay. But it has to be made by Disney Disney Animation Studios. It can't be Pixar. Okay. I'm going to read the list uh, from Ranker that I found that has just like some examples. I'm going to, it's like 40 deep. I'm just going to read it fast. Don't worry if you write. Don't you don't worry about writing it down or anything like that. Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Mulan, Peter Pan, Jungle Book, Frozen, Snow White and the Seven Doors, Tangled, Cinderella, 101 Dalmatians, Lady and the Tramp, Tarzan, Alice in Wonderland, Zootopia, Bambi, Lilo and Stitch, Sleeping Beauty, Moana, Hercules, Robin Hood, Pinocchio, mm-hmm. Wreck It Ralph, Emperor's New Groove, Dumbo, Fox and the Hound, Pocahontas, Big Hero Six, Aristocats, Sword in the Stone, Fantasia, Princess and the Frog, Rescuers, A Goofy Movie, Winnie and the Pooh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Brave Little Toaster. Okay, those are all examples of Disney movies. That were have been made in the last, like, basically 100 years. Examples of the hundreds and hundreds there are of many Disney's more. animation movies. Eric, Eric, I know you're thinking about drafting Song of the South, so we're going to go ahead and spin <laughs> We're gonna spin the, the pen of destiny. Eric was really mad he couldn't it. do the live-action 101 Dalmatians. Okay, it uh, looks like that's... It's pointing like, directly at Eric's foot. Yeah, it did hit Eric's leg. You want right. to redo it? No. Okay. Uh, no, the pen of destiny doesn't make any mistakes, so it's going to be Eric... Then me. He had to play the ball off Frankenstein's fat then, foot. Then Kevin. <laughs> okay. And we're going to draft four movies each. We're going to oh, post it on Twitter for you to movies. vote who Can did I the best. Four uh, I don't want to talk about who won the past votes, but uh, so far I'm undefeated. So let's go ahead. Eric, start us off. What movie are you taking first? And explain why. Why, why, why is this your top pick? Why is this your number one? I'm going to start by saying it's really hard to, to pick a winner here uh, just in these, in these drafts we do because... We, never, we have such a diverse audience, and sometimes you pick for what we love. Sometimes we pick to, you know, make the crowd happy. I don't know what I'm going to do here, but I'm going to pick my favorite animated Disney movie. A Thousand Bad Guys with Swords. Aladdin. All right. Aladdin. Prince Ali. Fabulous he. Ali Ababa. Let's go. I love this movie. Robin Williams is fantastic in it. The animation... Uh, I think you mean Will Smith. No, how dare you. <laughs> the animation is funny. This was like when computer animation was a thing before it was everything now. Um, there's some there's some hokey effects. It doesn't matter. The story is great. Uh, this is the original, um, I'd say, funny, musical, uh, unscripted animated movie. I love it in every way. Aladdin. Okay. The end. I'm going to go with a movie that I think was perfect the first time. I'm really unhappy that it's coming out this Friday because you don't need to remake this movie. What movie could it it's be? It's exactly the way it should be, and it's The Lion King. Uh, the Lion King is amazing. It's so good. Uh, I love every little little bit of it, uh, and I don't want it to ever be polluted by anything that could be support. I'm hoping that this Friday's movie will be awesome and that the kind of the critical response is just critics being overcritical to, of things that i like because the lion king is the best hamlet it may, maybe even the best shakespeare adaptation ever put to film i will, like that's how much i like the lion king i think it's awesome uh it's Shade such on a good, 10 things i hate about you such a good movie <laughs> take that oh starring julia styles okay <laughs> kevin so i think there's three of the disney animations from our utes that are elevated and i'm lucky enough to take one of the ones i think is at that high level and that's beauty and the beast i think that the songs are great the only one to win uh to get a best picture nomination um this is just it it was a really 
very good movie. Very enjoyable. Very easy watch. Uh, Nathan, happy to know all these come in at around or under 90 minutes. Very important, especially for a family movie. Uh, so yeah. yeah, Beauty and the Beast, great, great family movie, but it's one that you can watch anytime. By the way, two two Pixar movies have cracked Best Picture. Uh, did you know that? Yes. Up in Toy Story 3. But, or wait, is it Toy Story 2? No, Toy Story 3. Uh, okay, Eric. Is it? Or, no, oh, sorry. We're, Kevin. we're sneaking. Snake. We're sneaking. Kevin, go I was about to say, I got yeah. jobbed yeah. on this one. Um, I'm going to go, I, I went in the moderately way back machine. I'm going to come considerably forward and pick a movie I think flies under many radars. And I'm probably picking it before I need to. But I think that Tangled hmm. is one of the better modern Disney animated movies. I think it's uh, clever. It's fun. It's a really easy one to watch with the family. But there's enough humor and enough going on there for the adults in the room to enjoy it. Right. I think this is a great family movie. I'm going to go with a movie that I have watched a bunch of times in recent years because it's rated G. And I think <laughs> that the music in this movie is so underrated and it's so, 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 so good. And I, it's like and it's like a silly movie and it's, it's fun and it's a goofy movie. <laughs> And I just think that a goofy movie is like weirdly underrated. I and, love this pick, and Nathan. I, I love this movie, and it, um, I'm seeing it eye to eye. A power line, the Michael Jackson ripoff in this movie, like everything is he does really is great. Solid. The opening scene in this movie, uh, it's the best performance ever by Pauly Shore uh, <laughs> as the cheese whiz guy uh, who just takes up straight up cheese whiz all the time. Um, yeah, there's just. So many things I like about I do this appreciate Polly Shore playing a parody of Polly Shore. Um, and it's movie. also just like a really heartfelt movie about like just the relationship you have with your parents, which always touches my heart in a in a special way. So I like a goofy movie. Eric, give me two. Alright, I'm gonna start with uh, another one of my favorites, because I'm not I can't I can't pander. If I was gonna pander I'd pick something that I'm sure one of you will take. Hopefully it gets <laughs> left off the list. I'm going jungle book. Alright. Uh, Bare Bear necessities, my friend. Bare necessities, man. The music in this movie is incredible. Uh, Mowgli doesn't doesn't even need to talk. This movie's so good. You got Shere Khan, the biggest badass on the planet, until the end of the movie. Uh, you got Louis. Spoilers. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Too soon. Um, and I, I just love this movie. It's a one of the original twenty movies. I feel. Uh, by the way, on this, uh, don't give Eric extra credit. He does not get to take credit for Tailspin as well. Yeah, we can all it's, it's pretty rad that we can all do the theme <laughs> oh, song. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Eric. Um okay, and then my second one, ooh, this is this is where I want to pander. Pander, do it. Pander. Uh, you know what? I'll just uh screw it, I'm gonna go Mulan. Dang it, that was my Mulan's one. Mulan's really great. I really it's wanted Mulan, Mulan so bad. Mulan may not be pandering. It is a a beautifully animated film. I wanted to say shot because the the locations in this movie are so good. And uh, Nathan, <laughs> are you part Hun? Because I think um, Eric's trying to beat let's you. Get, let's get down to business. <laughs> <laughs> to defeat the Hun. Did yeah, they send me daughters <laughs> when I asked for sons? That, dude, that movie rules, dude. I'm, I'm so into that movie. Like, uh, that is uh, underrated. I, it unfortunately I had a hard time deciding between the and a goofy here. movie for the last pick. And so I was hoping to like... Snipe them both. Yeah. Now with us, with us picking four and Kevin snaking, this is interesting. It's interesting because you know Kevin. Yeah, well, you're going to go. Picking, Kevin's going to pick us picking two. four. I'm not excited about having to make the the grid that ha- has yeah. the pictures in it. But <laughs> go, go ahead, Nathan. Um, I don't know, man. You stole my pick there, and now I'm like kind of on on my He's on reeling. The, yeah, I'm on, on the, the back foot. I'm gonna when go. You're voting. Remember, Nathan was gonna pick Mulan, so vote for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go <laughs> I'm gonna go with Little Mermaid. Um, I think it's a super solid movie. I love the I love the um, Under the Sea and Kiss the Girl. I think those are like classic Disney songs. classic songs by a lobster. Uh, they just did an awesome job, and uh, yeah, I just think it's a really really fun good movie. Worst Disney princess? Um, no, the the. Cinderella, dude, all the way. I, I don't make me rant about how stupid Cinderella is. Okay? Don't make Just, me rant about how stupid Little Mermaid is. Cinderella, Cinderella. <laughs> oh, got it. I'm you, gonna, I'm gonna give away everything in my great aquatic life for this dude I saw once. Nathan Where hates mice, dude. She wants to. She want, walking around those. What are they called again? Feet. Yeah, feet. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's great education. Dude, the actual story. The, have you? Do you know the actual legend of the Little yes, Mermaid? Yes, I do, and it's, it's even so, worse. It's so cool. Okay, no, so, it's not. No, it's cool. <laughs> it's the she, most sexist thing ever. She had to give up her voice to go to land, and then she had to get that guy to marry him. When she would, she was a really good dancer, 
but every time she walked on land, it felt like her she was walking on glass. Yep. Then he decided he didn't love her. He loved someone else, so he go or he has to marry someone else, like for for like the political reasons. For political reasons. Yeah. So then, because she, and then she, the, the, the witch gives her a knife and is like, "You can kill her instead." And she's like, "Nah, chief, this ain't it." And she decides to just like die, but she turns into a an air elemental instead. It's like the weirdest book. That is not the original version. That's the cleaned up version. That's the no. That dude, I read. I read the book like four weeks ago because of that internet controversy about Wait, the casting quick, of the Little Mermaid. I would really like to point out that no one in this room has picked Cinderella, Kevin. Guess what I'm not picking? Yeah. Cinderella. <laughs> uh, I will be going after... I'm going to take... It's a much newer movie, but this is a movie that was very charming to me. I greatly enjoyed it and greatly enjoyed watching it with my kids. And that's Moana. Yeah. Uh, that's another one where I think the songs were very good. I thought the princess character was very well done. The comic relief chicken is minimal, which is appealing. And it stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It does star Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and I think it's one where kind of the lesson is well done, which I always have an appreciation for. And I think Kevin's going to paint with all the colors of the wind right here. This is really hard to make my last pick. Have you ever heard the wolf cry to the newborn moon? Or ask the... No one's picking Pocahontas. I just want no to make Pocahontas. 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 <laughs> Zero people. I have to get my Pocahontas jokes in now because no one's going to pick it. Uh, so I'm I'm sitting here going, do I want to pick Zootopia? That was really good. But then like Lilo and Stitch, that's a cool movie. Uh, lots of good memories there. Emperor's New Groove was very funny when I was a kid. Oh, that movie's awesome. And I think underrated. That's the one I'm going with. Oh, dang ah. Emperor's New Groove with you off David my mo- Spade. You're throwing off my mojo, guys. With Emperor's uh, new, new Group reference, yeah. With uh, yeah, right. Uh, this is a this is another movie where the lesson is taught in a way that is very entertaining. Uh, it has it is easily the most underrated of all. Uh, Disney yes, movies. exactly. And this is one where there are a lot of people who were comedians for adults. It has the same thing going for it that Aladdin did, where you take someone who makes everyone laugh always forever, and then you put them in this movie, and they're just funny. The, the Ward Burton. Making the appearance in this yeah. always good. You can you never go wrong with the word Burton, uh, and that gives me a lineup of Beauty and the Beast, Tangled, Moana, and Emperor's New Groove, which are four movies I would watch back to back to back to back every day of the week. All right, I'm between two movies. Okay, the aforementioned Lilo and Stitch, which I think is a is a fun movie. Yeah, it's pretty good, and the scariest children's movie of my childhood, <laughs> um, the Bra- the Brave Little Toaster, which is terrifying. <laughs> And, uh, and 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 gave me nightmares. Until you read it off, I had no idea that was a Disney movie. Oh, Dude. man. The scene when they're in the... Uh, that in clown? The, with the, the burning and stuff? That yeah. It's, oh, dude, I was going to talk about the, the uh, wrecking yard. Yeah, the crushers? When they have, like, the dying cars, like, t- telling you, like, the tale of their woe, why they're in this car death ward. Yeah. And it's it's basically like the it's burn pretty dark. equivalent. I once ran the Indy 500, I had a wreck, and now I'm going to get murdered. That's great. Great kids movie. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to go with Lilo and Stitch just because it's slightly <laughs> less terrifying. And um, But I think they're both really good movies, and I, I, I would uh, support any of them. Um, I think there's lots of good movies left, to be well, honest with you. The, the Leftovers team is going to be really good again this week. Eric, what's your last pick? Uh, the batshit crazy Alice in Wonderland. All right. <laughs> it is so far out there, it only cops about a quarter of the book. That it's based off of. For I the love pic- how Eric Alice clearly just picked glass. the ones he really likes. Yeah. For the, for the like, picture, I think did a good job on for that. For the picture, I'm going to definitely put the um, the Alice in Wonderland that Johnny Depp did to, to screw you over. Oh, please don't. How dare <laughs> oh, you? No. There's, there's one thing that I wanted to... I'll tell you who this, who said this, Nathan, because I don't want to add him I really wish I would add Milan. There was a There's a guy we both know, and he told me when we were in Mexico, in a very like quiet moment, he said, Yeah, that scene in Alice in Wonderland... Uh, where the the chef is leading the oysters into the pan from the seat <laughs> to the pan. When I was a kid, I would just cry for hours, and I couldn't finish the movie. <laughs> oh, I was no. like, "That is deep. That is a deep thought." But uh, yeah, the Cheshire Cat, uh, like I said, all the crazy non-drug references. It's a really fun movie to watch with sound or without, but I recommend with. Nathan, finish this up. All right, so to recap the lineups, you can go. You'll be able to see these on Twitter and vote maybe in the morning, depending on how tired I am after we're done with this. 
Uh, Eric's got Aladdin, Jungle Book, Mulan, and Alice in Wonderland. I got The Lion King, A Goofy Movie, The Little Mermaid, and Lilo and Stitch. And Kevin's got Beauty and the Beast, Tangled, Moana, and Emperor's New Groove. And I think The Leftovers team is probably something like... Frozen, Peter, Zootopia, Wreck-It Ralph, Big Hero 6? Peter Pan, Zootopia, Wreck-It Ralph, and Brave Little Toaster. That's the Tarzan. Thing. That's the thing I think... I don't like that Tarzan movie. Hercules? Hercules, Hercules. Can we, Hercules. I'm not a fan of that Tarzan Hunter movie. 101 Dalmatians is better than that Tarzan movie. Don't at me. All right. <laughs> By the way, I want to put in a quick plug for Big Hero 6. This movie gets no love. Very sweet, heartfelt movie. I, I think Big Hero 6, massively underrated. Slightly above average, in my opinion. But, you know, it's it's not bad. All but, right. but everyone forgets it exists. Yeah, that's true. And All if right. you have kids, you are scrambling for different movies to watch. That's for a Ke- fact. For Kevin Garber, for Eric Ronenbeck, we will see you guys next week. And go Hawks. <laughs> Good times roll. No, I ain't got nothing but a bag of green to do.